feel like you usually start these things, don't you think? Well, yeah, but you're the one who wrote it in the dock, so... I, I mean, I basically have an old-school rant. Oh, wow. Buckle in, that... folks. <laughs> Which is that we should just... We shouldn't do power rankings anymore. It's, um... It's great content. It's, not, it's quick it's and not easy. lazy. Exactly. It's easy. That's what it is. It's not lazy because, like, I know there are people who do put a lot of consideration into their rankings. There are people who try and do fun gimmicks. But ultimately, the gimmicks are kind of belying the fact that, like, no one cares about power rankings. Like, I guess you could do, like, a weekly column of biggest risers and fallers, but... I don't know. And the the thing I really hate that I really that sparked this was I hate hour after the season ends in a given sport way too early. <laughs> way too early. They admit it in the name. It's way too early. Okay. These might be way too early. <laughs> and like I also That's hate, your writer impression. <laughs> yeah. The I also hate um Chiefs open as early favorites for Super Bowl 58. Like, oh my gosh. Like, I know that you have a vested interest in keeping this hype machine. All right, Peter Hype Machine. Uh, great website. At the, in keeping this hype machine rolling, but like, it's just exhausting to like immediately, especially the betting odds. Like, I don't care. Yeah, I'm with you on the betting odds, but I mean, I, as someone who quite enjoys to peruse a power rankings now and then, especially in football when it's like you read them Monday morning, I mm-hmm. do think that there are some posts to be said. Number one, you got to remember, it's just one person's opinion. Got to take sure. that with a grain of salt. Uh, number two, I just think it's like sort of a handy way to like keep up on everything that's going on around a given league. Like, oh man, yeah. the, the Knicks are 22nd in this guy's power rankings? I didn't realize that they had been so bad lately. Oh wow, sure. the Pittsburgh Pirates are up to 22nd. I didn't realize they had been so good lately. <laughs> it's always yeah. interesting to see who's 22nd. Um, <laughs> That's my favorite spot as well. Yeah, I, and I, I feel like I just increasingly grow tired of the like instant reaction kind of flavor, and I feel like that is increasingly becoming the dominant form of like yeah with this young generation with their tiktoks and their instagrams and attention spans no i do know what you mean in-depth analysis yeah it's just more like people like become prisoners of the moment so much like another thing that i don't like while i'm talking about it it's like go off winners and losers of week five of the nfl season like i hate that kind of article you're just, it's you're always just naming like, all of the Bleacher Report content that you can possibly I was think thinking of. The Ringer, but, like, I, I just, I really dislike, it's like, loser, a good team that lost to a bad team, <laughs> a team that had an injury to their star player, like, oh, you think they were the losers of the NFL Week 5 action? That's Why interesting. Why don't you take a look in the mirror before you see who the real loser is? And the winner was... A bad team that had a good game? That's interesting. <laughs> what, el- what else? What else do you not like? What else is in the news? <laughs> what else? What else? You hear about this? Um, let me just go on ESPN.com. Just name out the first three articles you see and tell us if they're good or bad articles. Okay, we've got, where does Kale McCarr land on ranking of top NHL D-men? That sounds pretty interesting. Let's see where he ranks. Oh, he's number one. <laughs> oh, good for him. <laughs> I'm happy for him, you know? He's been gunning for that for a long time. Absolutely. MJ turning 60 makes historic $10 million donation. Fluff. To make a wish. Why doesn't he the, just show up? Is the largest donation ever received from an individual. Does make a wish well, need money? I thought that everyone just sort of, like, participated and make... Like, what do they spend money on? Well... I, do, do people get paid to show up for Make-A-Wish? Because that sort of undermines the charity, I think. Certainly not. I think it's a more of a logistic situation. I guess. Jordan apparently has granted hundreds of wishes to children all over the world. I don't buy that for a second. Granted hundreds <laughs> of wishes to kick their ass in one-on-one. <laughs> Michael That's Jordan's speaking. not out here giving charity away. 
And the third article I see here, NBA Power Rankings. So let's jump into another episode of High Floor. Low ceiling. Will you be canceling your ESPN Plus subscription? Now that you... <laughs> I think I might have to. Number one on the uh, the old power rankings here, the Boston Celtics. I was going to say, it's got to be the Boston Celtics. If you want to talk about some news, did you see the news this morning? That uh, they have officially removed the interim tag from New York Joe himself, Joe Mazzula. Hey, I'm happy for him. Um... <laughs> It's always good to see another New York Joe doing well. This is a hot start to the episode. <laughs> that was Boston. That was full Boston on start, New York Joe. I feel Joe. like You're every confused. time I kind of forget how bad New York Joe is. I mean, all I can tell you is that New York Joe is truly, honestly doing his best. It is not a bit. <laughs> I, I believe that completely. <laughs> New York Joe has never been gifted with the New York accent, but he tries hard to fit in. So, uh, Ime Udoka, not going to be the coach of the Brooklyn Nets, not going to be the coach of the Boston Celtics. A man uh, lost in the consequences sh- of his own actions. And we're sure he's not going to be the coach of the Brooklyn Nets? Mm. Mm. They have, their, their coach is Jacques Vaughn right now, kind of the classic. He was, he was killing it. He I took over so. for Steve Nash, who was getting Coach of the Year buzz until his players sabotaged him, and Steve Nash just sat back and was like, oh yeah, I'm a one of the best point guards of all time. I didn't need to deal with this nightmare every single day. I can just relax with my family. I feel like we said that I did. Steve Nash got hired. like And fired. And fired. He was the 2021 Eastern Conference Coach of the Month for February. Steve Nash or Jacques Vaughn? Mm-hmm. Steve Nash. Well, the resume's out there if anyone wants to pick him back up. Let's Boston. See how, I'm just curious. How did the Brooklyn Nets do in February of 2021? That was probably like the, the 16 games that... I guess that's like the Harden. The Harden, second. Kyrie, and KD played together. Let's see. In the month of February, they went from 13-9 and nine to 22-13. and 13. So... A nine four month, not not quite as solid. good as I was expecting. Like hey, perfectly solid. <laughs> nine and four gets you home for dinner. <laughs> Sorry, New York Joe, I didn't mean to impugn your hometown oh, Brooklyn Nets. The new the new kids on the block. No, thank you. Knicks for life, baby. <laughs> oh, that's a little New York Joe. You're sounding a bit like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Knicks <laughs> for life. <laughs> I love New York. Um, <laughs> Hey, Griffin, I'm leaving feels... here. All right, bye, New York show. <laughs> so bad. Hey, Griffin, it feels like it's been weeks since uh, a little a little game I like to call the Super Bowl. Oh, you come up with that? Yeah, I was bouncing a ball or whatever, whatever that story goes. Um, What's your bouncing a ball thing? Well, apparently the, the there's I don't know if this is apocryphal or not, but there's this story that one some executive in some position of power saw their child playing with a Super Bowl, and they were like, "It should be called the Super Bowl, like the uh, Rose Bowl." Well, yeah, I definitely thought Bowl, that's like, bowl has always been a name for football games. Yeah, so if you think about it, like if you just zoom out, this is a very <laughs> stonerish thought, but. If you zoom out and really think about it, the name Super Bowl is crazy. <laughs> it's very stupid. Like, <laughs> like there's all these other bowls, the Rose Bowl and the Sugar Bowl. I assume Rose named Bowl that is way. Like, it's very classy. Yeah, I assume they're named after the stadiums, right? Because like the stadiums are sort of giant bowls. I assume that's why football games are called bowls because it was probably the Rose Bowl first, which was named after the stadium, the Rose Bowl. Right. This is just me guessing. No, um, I think it's a very valid guess. I'm looking up college bowl games but then yeah super bowl is just like oh this one it's like a four-year-old named it absolutely um i'm just i just need one 
All right. Well, I'll start talking about the most recent Super Bowl. Uh, mm-hmm. It was a heck of a game. Shout out Griffin, to the Eagles and the Chiefs. I hate to interrupt you, but you're absolutely right. It Let's go. Known as the Rose Bowl game, the the tournament East West football game, less of a good name. <laughs> With the 1923 Rose Bowl, it began to be played at the newly completed Rose Bowl Stadium, and the contest itself became known as the Rose Bowl game. There you have it. The you nailed it. Origins of bowl. Thank you very much. Uh, <laughs> I think uh, we did a little investigating of the origins of bowl before this <laughs> podcast started, <laughs> if you know what I mean. There you go. Thanks for really driving that one home. Uh, Chris, the Super Bowl. How was your Super Bowl experience? Uh, I was working, um, so that was fun, relatively speaking. Uh, someone did not show up because... With good reason, they were improperly scheduled uh, because they cannot work on Sundays. And another person, our dear friend Don Yang, had to depart. This was after the game, mind you. He very bravely stuck it out throughout the game and beyond, but had to depart with uh, an illness, unfortunately. Oh so my goodness! Well, it was thoughts myself. and prayers to Don. Absolutely, all love to Don Yang. Um, and so it was myself and. Dear friend of the show, Clem McConnell. The dearest. Just, just grinding out content. So that's my primary association with the Super Bowl. It's just like... A content getting farm. Getting a lot of... Getting a lot of... A factory, if you will. Oh, getting a lot of one-on-one interviews with Kadarius Tony. And <laughs> to be fair, Kadarius Tony had a terrific game. It was, Griffin, a great game, in my opinion. One of the best we've seen. Yeah. Yeah, I certainly thought so. Um, like, back and forth scoring uh but of course the ending chris some it did not quite have the ending of a instant classic and a lot of people are blaming the holding call for that make of it what you will i mean he did hold him and i am of the school of thought that you should not referee to the moment you should referee correctly and that was a correct holding call and i get that it's lame but if the rules are broken, a team should be penalized for breaking the rules. Well, how do you? But how do you feel about uh, correctness versus consistency? Because I would be of the mind that in any, regardless of it being the Super Bowl, in any late game situation, especially, but really most situations, I feel like that call would not be made in that situation. Well, that, I think, is what needs to change. I think that call should be made because it is holding. You hope that the refs are calling more penalties. That's what you hope we take from this. Not, I mean, it's. I know that that's not the hip thing to say, but I think that if a penalty occurs, it should be called. Just because a, the clock has less time on it than it did earlier doesn't mean that the rules should change and defenders should be allowed to get away with but- more. But wouldn't you say that the rules did change because they called that penalty, whereas they previously, it seemed like, you know, there hadn't, I think a lot of people have harped on the idea that there have not had not been a holding call throughout the game prior to that point. I'm, I wasn't watching closely. I'm sure someone has already done a video compilation, but I'm sure there are instances within the game where that kind of contact was occurring and no call was made. So didn't, doesn't it feel like they are changing the rules in the way that you so despise. <laughs> I think that I think that implies a very conscious effort. I think that when I was an umpire, that's how I got my high school community hours that you have to get here in the province of Ontario to graduate. I did it umpiring. I learned that you can't let previous calls impact your next call because if you do that, guess what? You've just blown one more call. Um, well, I'm saying that there is some... The rules are not a thousand percent cut and dry, especially in with a call such as that, where there is going to be incidental contact on basically every play. But there's a difference between incidental contact and grabbing and holding, which is what the Eagles player who had a hyphenated last name. Nope, uh, nope. Bradbury. Bradbury. <laughs> well, yeah, Brad hyphen Barry. Um, James Bradbury. Uh, that he did grab and hold. Sure. I'm definitely not disputing that it was a holding call. I just think it was like a very soft it was, holding call. It was call. ticky-tack, and, yes. 
I don't really have a problem. Like, I I feel like blatant calls in late game situations should not like refs shouldn't be swallowing their whistle for that. Like, I feel like you see it a lot in basketball, or especially you used to, like where someone would just like get hit on the wrist. There's a very famous one I remember from years ago where like Kevin Love got fouled on a three pointer at the end of the game. They just didn't call it because it was the end of the game. Yeah, or I'm the NHL playoffs getting... where referees infamously sort of swallow their whistles and let anything go. Right. Well, I'm actually that is sort of what I'm a little more in favor of is like there's going just understanding it's a playoff game, there's going to be more like you know, combativeness, there's going to be more incidental contact, there's going to be a higher level of physicality just as long as it's called consistently. That's my main issue is when things are called... I'd rather a game be called consistently and not a thousand percent within the letter of the rules than for a game to be called inconsistently and to then by... Intentionally or not, I imagine not, to favor one team. And I do see where you're coming from there. But honestly, Chris, the only reason I brought this up was to segue into what I had a problem with, which... As my sister so astutely texted our family group chat, uh, it's really stupid that football teams can just, like, try not to score and kill a clock. Like, I get that that's baked into the rules, but I think that was what let the air out of the ending of this game more than the holding call was just the fact that the Chiefs were actively trying not to score a touchdown so they could run down that last 90 seconds, and the Eagles wanted to let them in. You had guys going down and taking knees, and I get that that's clock management and that's important. But I don't management. Th- yes, but I don't think you can deny that it makes for a boring end to a football game. I agree. However, yeah, the one thing that you don't really hear people talking about a lot is, like, the Chiefs easily could have just had a first down. They were, like kind of going anywhere they wanted with impunity, and if they just get a first down, they're basically in the same situation they were. Um, and you, don't, you really don't hear people talking about what I thought was going to be, like, the iconic play of the Super Bowl, which was Patrick Mahomes having that scramble. Yeah. Uh, the I think it was the previous play, uh, the, like, 25-yard scramble to set them up in the red zone. Um, yeah, he was not, I mean... I know he had the injured ankle, but you could tell when he like he did not have a normal running stride, but was still out there gutting it out. Very impressive. Yeah, real real heart of a champion type behavior. Jalen Hurts had a better game, but that's beside the point. Um, I saw I saw an onion headline that said like "Nation sad." This is the last time they'll get to root for Chiefs in the Super Bowl, which I thought was very funny and very accurate. Because now, if they start making it every year, you know people are going to turn against them. I guess so. I mean. I did kind of find it strange that people were rooting for the Chiefs this year. You think you think they're already the evil empire? I mean, I mean, I guess people still like Patrick Mahomes. I, I don't know. He's that just so people, fun. He's yeah. so cool. I don't know that On people the will ever really dislike Patrick Mahomes. There isn't really, and I think like what I will say is there isn't really anything to dislike about him off the field. He seems great like he seems like a very like normal nice guy have you seen the clip that's going around of him talking about their like post super bowl party where the chain smokers came through oh yeah on kimmel <laughs> like <laughs> he's so he's that kind of guy uh, <laughs> he's like oh so, the chain smokers yeah my favorite uh and so you know there's probably not ever going to be a huge reason to be mad at him i will say i Actually, I'll save this for later. Um, oh, boy. Spit it, <laughs> we'll out. Spit it out now. Don't make us wait. No, no, no. We'll save it for the next segment on High Floor Let's See So be sure to listen to the end if you want to hear my scorching hot take on which Chiefs player uh, might be turning from a hero into a villain. Oh. Kadarius <laughs> Tony. And Chris had to watch way too much post-game content with Kadarius Tony. Edwards Hilaire. You're on notice. <laughs> Uh, but Griffin, Eric the enemy. <laughs> Eric the enemy. Oh. Uh, but Griffin, far more important than the Super Bowl, uh, a much bigger contest took place on Sunday. The conclusion of an epic battle, the Super Bowl Stick'em Challenge. <sighs> oh, the crowd is The crowd this. loves even the mention of the, they. I think they know it's coming next, Chris. They know it's a coronation. <laughs> yeah, the true king of the HFLC 
podcast uh, challenge. This year, Griffin, the Super Bowl Stick'em Challenge, your Chiefs pulled it out against my Eagles. Uh, an excellent performance by the Chiefs, a well-deserved win. But I think it's fair to say there were no losers in this situation. We we had a great game, a uh, very entertaining matchup, and that's much more important than any Super Bowl Stick'em trophy. It, I feel like the Super Bowl Stick'em trophy is like one of the, you know how sometimes a trophy will just be a plate? Yeah. <laughs> that's usually like, like the second place like trophy a at a tennis championship. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> But yeah, it's not like you misplayed the stickum, Chris. It, the Chiefs were the last team on the board. You lost the coin toss, so I got the Chiefs. It, it really and, was know, no. Don't be. I hope you're not beating yourself up too much. I'm not beating myself up. It you was got the out two, coin tossed, and that happens. it was the two number one seeds going against each other. It was a very close game. It easily could have broken either way. So I'm. Not I told too you, upset. Eagles were too good in the regular season. Never win the Super Bowl. <laughs> I feel like I have ranted about this before. And I don't think people are really doing this with the Eagles, but the idea that, like, the sort of results-based, like, Eagles lost, like, what did they do wrong? It's like, they were, it was a three-point game. No, yeah, like, yeah, it was a great, and the Eagles played really well. As you said, Jalen Hurts outplayed Patrick Mahomes. He had a fantastic game. Um, And there is sort of, like, the whole no team winning by ten or more at halftime of a Super Bowl has ever... Or only one team, the Falcons, in the infamous twenty-eight to three. But it didn't feel like the Eagles blew a massive lead or anything like that. No, that. So I will share. I won't say the name, but there was someone at my place of employment who sent out an email that was basically, you know, to do with a piece of content. And I, I'll bet you can guess who it is, but I won't say their name. Um, that said, that sent an email that said, and I believe I'm quoting here, like. Hi, all. And this was at halftime. So the Eagles are up by 10. The Chiefs will have the ball coming out of uh, out of halftime. Hi, all. If the Eagles run away with this as they are appearing to. Oh, my goodness. This, this, this. And I was I was just so shocked by that. And then. <laughs> Do you think that person is a big Chiefs fan and was trying to. And no, I actually know what team this person is a fan of it's not the chiefs is it the tennessee um, titans and is it clem mcconnell is that who you're <laughs> referring to it's no one that has been on this podcast it's someone we both know um right, a more pause. prominent a more prominent figure uh i'm gonna pause the recording we pause briefly and griffin now knows the identity of this person and this person like an hour later sent an email that was like hi everyone here's another plan if the chiefs win <laughs> <laughs> it really took them like a full hour for them to be like oh man i wonder and like the chiefs it was also very fun because we were talking about it clem and myself actually were uh talking about like this is a crazy thing to say and then the Chiefs scored instantly yeah like, very quickly <laughs> coming out of the the half and so i was like there are only 25 minutes left and the <laughs> chiefs are down three how can they overcome this uh but of course eventually they did and what a game it was and of course griffin just very quickly uh the super bowl halftime show yeah we were it was a hot topic of discussion i know that the hype has kind of faded um yeah we're really we're getting to this topic quickly this is great for like our our seo or our social media we're really hopping on the trending topic with uh Within hours of it happening. Yeah, this, we're talking about the Super Bowl halftime show and Valentine's Day this episode. <laughs> it is Thursday, February 16th, that time of recording. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, I think that Rihanna... I, I loved the stage and the platforms. I thought the production was super cool. As I said, she brought the stage presence. She brought the production presence. She brought the value. Um, and the... First of all, was she singing? Do we think she was singing? Hmm. That's a good question. Because there were many times where I was like, it seems like the song is playing when her mic is not by her mouth. I feel like maybe she was being doubled or something. Sure. It's very possible. I think it's very possible. Um, I mean, I, I feel like the she obviously only played hits. They weren't necessarily the hits that I wanted I to hear. Her her selection was very curious. Like... There's a lot of Did the newer we, stuff. 
I guess so. I just did we did we even get like please don't stop the music? That was the big no, one. No, please that don't stop the music. About. No disturbia. No disturbia. No a take a bow, brief... which Connor was very upset about. <laughs> Absolutely, very brief diamonds. I don't. Think that was the closer. S- I think was diamonds. Yeah, it was kind of like a coda. Um, don't know that we. It got was a very stay. brief umbrella, and that was the, no, no stay. And that was well, we the did other get thing. All of the lights and run this town too. Truly bizarre choices, doubly so. All yeah. the lights. <laughs> when when all of the lights started playing, my I was, I was shocked. <laughs> of course, of course, her chorus on that song is very famous, but like, it's not like people think of that as a Rihanna song. Am I no, wrong? It, like, of course, people would, know that she's on the song, but it is very famously a Kanye West song. Yes, and I would say people don't even like hearing that, like the horns, you know, like no, no, just the I like. When you listen to the song, you don't you aren't instantly like there's Rihanna singing her famous hook. I feel and also because another element of that song is like there are many different artists or several different singers who sing the hook. Right. Like, there's a part where Elton John sings it very famously. Like it is not oh, I gotta re listen yeah, to that song. It's crazy. Well, not really. But. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not anytime soon. Maybe <laughs> o- only the hooks. Only hooks version. Um, it is. It is like a not a chorus even, or like a hook that is solely owned by her. In the way that I don't know. I'm trying to think of a good example. Like her, of her like, one and run this town is. Sure. Exactly. And I mean, that's also just a very strange song to pick. Like I don't know if anyone really goes back to the Blueprint 3 much these days. I do like that song a lot, though. Shout out to NBA 2K13. Like, they would (laughs) have... Remember, they would have, like, if you would go into a big game, it would have, like, a pregame music video with your guy in it. And that was one of the ones that they would do sometimes. It was awesome. That was a great idea. They gotta bring that back. Yeah. I... Can I just quickly... I know we're already going on a lot of tangents, but I purchased NBA 2K23 because it was on sale... Played it for probably twenty minutes, refunded it. Really, I it's was just that not far into gone. It. Eh? I I I don't know if it's that far gone, or if I've just played so much of NBA Two K Twenty One on the Xbox One, not not the next gen version, the mm. previous gen version. If I've just played so much of that singular game. That I can no longer like vibe with <laughs> any other version. You are a two K twenty one lifer. I guess so. Like I truly, I'm like I don't know that I ever like the itch that I want to scratch when I play the game is not like that's the itch. I've got it. Right. Are you an online? Do you play other people online? Griffin, of course. On sometime around December thirty first of last year. The NBA 2K21 servers were shut down. Oh, of course, right. But in your heyday, <laughs> in your prime. No, absolutely not. I, <laughs> I only like the offline modes. Um, I hate online competitive gaming just, like, gives me the willies. Like, yeah. Especially just if there's a voice chat. Terrifying. Oh, well, I'll, I'll never get involved in that. But, like, A, the gameplay is worse, especially in 2K, like the game is just, like, markedly different and, like, there's lag in the inputs, like, it just feels different to play. And then also it's, like, why am I, why do I want to play against, like, some a-hole who (laughs) is gonna, like, just, like, dribble side, like, run side to side behind the three-point line with, like, Kyrie Irving or Kevin Durant and then just throw up, like, a moving three that will go in every time because they've, like, perfected the release. When, like, I can, you know, I I don't think that the AI gameplay is like perfectly realistic of a basketball game, but it is like a little more. Yeah, they will like run a play. Yeah, <laughs> so there you have it. Two uh, K online community, you are on notice. <laughs> I mean, I don't think anyone is like, I don't think anyone's going to step up to bat to defend the Two K online community. No. Is what I'll say. Back to Rihanna, though. Um, yes, I do. I mean, when all of the lights started playing, I mean, I think my opinions on Kanye West have been well established on this podcast. I am anti. However, I was 2016 album. I, I don't know Rihanna albums. Well it's enough. called anti or anti. Oh, I see. Um, but I was in that moment, sort of like, you know what? Bring him out. 
just just to see what happens. I want just Kanye to really West to be up into. on this. Also, in my parlay card, I had surprise guest as a yes. So I needed a surprise guest. When they started playing Run This Town and she like I, walked over to a band, I was like, okay, yes. for sure Jay-Z is there. I I, I didn't think for sure because it just the vibe was like not quite right. But I did really think that he was gonna be there, yeah. But no, she she disappointed on that front and also only like barely played Umbrella as well. Yeah. And also disappointed the virgins in the audience by <laughs> Go on. Take that again. <laughs> no, well, no. Just, I feel like we've sort of buried the lead that the big, I feel like her performance was overshadowed by this speculation over, is she pregnant? Um, she did seem to be accentuating her belly in the same way that she did when she was pregnant the first time. Um, you yes. know, I don't know if you remember this, Griffin, or if you like saw this at the time, but she would like... She would frequently dress in outfits or, you know, make sort of stylistic choices that would accentuate and draw attention to her pregnant stomach, um, like, in a very intentional way. Right. And it seemed like she was doing something like that in this situation, but obviously no one wants to No, yeah, I think everyone was very conscious of the fact that she had just had a baby less than a year ago, and it's unrealistic to expect women's bodies to just snap back to the way that they were. Yeah, exactly. And, and of course, no one ever wants to really speculate if someone is pregnant or not. Right. Um, But But she is. They confirmed it. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So congratulations to her. That's crazy (laughs) on multiple levels. Um, I, I saw someone say they don't call him ASAP for nothing. Exactly. Um, <laughs> I saw a TikTok that explained that the entire show was about well. pregnancy and child, and like that's why her set list was the way that it was. Like it followed like the arc of oh, a relationship. Well, interesting. Uh, it was very interesting. If you would let me follow you on TikTok, I would have sent it to you. But as we famously know, Chris does not interact with me off air. This is a <laughs> business partnership. I have one follower on TikTok, which is my romantic partner, and I follow one person on TikTok, which is my romantic and partner. And who better to be your second? Than um, my podcast partner? <laughs> I was going to say your friend, but no, no. <laughs> my business partner. Yeah. <laughs> and successful business partners we are. Absolutely. Uh, one other beef I had, or not beef, nitpick with Rihanna's show. I mean, there's a couple more things I want to say. People on Twitter loved it. They were all over it, but I feel like those tweets were, like, pre-written before the show even started. I, I can only assume. So I have... I've talked about this before. I sort of have two primary, like, chat Discord servers if for the for the knowledgeable, but two primary sort of, like, chats that I will hang out in, and there was a very stark contrast between the two chats. Really? Because, like, I do think, like, it was almost like a social... Not a social experiment, but a sort of evidence of like this the concept of groupthink right that one side was very effusive in their like excitement and praise with some exceptions obviously like not everyone is just going with the crowd and then the other side was very like this isn't particularly exciting this isn't as good as last year etc cetera, etc cetera. like so it was just very interesting to see just going back and forth the the different takes that were already starting to form. Yeah, and I think, like you said last week when we were previewing it, uh, we it's not like this one was bad, it's just that lately we've had a lot of really good ones, mm-hmm. and this one was mediocre. And yeah. my, my last thing that I want to say, because we're already way over time here, I was gonna say. Um, is the entrance, just the camera hard-cutting to her face, I don't like that. I like... This is just a general note, not really about Rihanna, but I like a dark stage. You can't see the performer, but you hear them sing like I like like an isolated vocal of just like one famous line, and then the lights come up and maybe they pop up at a stage. And I don't know how mobile she was. She's clearly now we can say clearly a couple months pregnant. Um, <laughs> it was so clear that everyone was afraid to say exactly. It. <laughs> um, so I don't know if she was really up for catapulting out on one of those like stage right. risers or yeah, something like everyone... that but i feel like just starting the show and it's like three two one there she is like that that doesn't excite me i want a yeah, dramatic I... unveiling yeah i i agree with you griffin it does take away some of the mystique and a very a very interesting first song choice as well uh yeah 
I, I guess I guess the reveal was the... that she was way up in the air. Yes, that's right. But then it starts with a close up. I feel like we don't really get the get the sense of it. Yeah. Anyways. Anyway. All love and respect to Rihanna. Can't wait for the new album. But Griffin, we are like you said. I feel like Taylor Swift's going to do a really good job next year. Put that in the back. I hope not. She does not need them. Um, (laughs) You think the Super Bowl halftime show should go to young and emerging artists who really need the need the platform? No, I'm saying she should. Oh, she's too good for them. Yes, she's too good for them. She does not need to debase herself. Like (laughs) exactly. Not that Rihanna debased herself. <laughs> Ariana debase. Uh, like Ariana DeBose, recent Academy right. Award winner. Great um, West Side Story. Absolutely. Terrific performance. Um, but I do think that this was a very calculated move by Rihanna to sort of reintroduce... And now she's pregnant again, that's all the thing. I, but I assume she signed on to this before she was aware that she was pregnant. Yeah. Um. I think it's been more than one nine-month period since right. that was announced. Right. And so I think that she, this was a very calculated move to sort of reintroduce her to the landscape, put her back in the conversation, have people thinking about her performance and all of her great songs, um, and hopefully to release an album soon. So I'm excited to hear that. Yeah. But like you said, Chris, maybe we'll just take a break right now. Uh, wow. We are 36 minutes in. <laughs> That's crazy. I mean, we had to talk about the Super Bowl. There was we a lot had to, to get into. Yeah. Um, so I think you're right, Griffin. We will take a break. And Oh, and just since now it sounds like we probably won't get to my <laughs> take on uh, on which member of the Chiefs is turning into a right. villain. Yes. Travis Kelsey. <laughs> Go off. Go off. You got you got sixty seconds. I'm giving you. Okay, Travis Kelsey. He did it after immediately after the Super Bowl. He did it at the parade as well. I don't know if you watched any of the parade, but like he, he also seems... did it like during the trophy presentation on the stage. Yes, he seems well. Two things. One, he seems married to this idea that everyone counted out the Kansas City Chiefs this year. Nobody thought the Chiefs would be good. They said we were rebuilding. <laughs> If you go and look, not to invoke power against, that's almost that's another reason why it was in my you mind. But hypocrite! I went and I was like, "Is that true? Like, what were people saying about the Chiefs in the preseason?" Went to ESPN, fourth in the league. Went to the Athletic, third in the league. Went to CBS, second in the league. Nobody had the Chiefs outside the top five in the entire National Football League. And you know, you want to talk about a team that people did not really count on. Remember, fifteen in, like, seconds. Remember in week three, Griffin, we were like, the Eagles. Can they get to like ten wins? That would be a great season for them. Like we were talking about the Eagles and the Dolphins, and everyone counted out the Eagles. And also, he needs to stop with the wrestling promo stuff. It's just it comes off as very fake and hollow. Like he's trying to gain attention as a guy who does wrestling promos. Right, Jason Kelsey, you are now the official number one Kelsey of high floor low ceiling. Travis Kelsey on our hit list. With that being said phenomenal tight end uh we will be right back in a minute don't go anywhere you're listening to high floor low ceiling on the high floor low ceiling radio network and welcome back to high floor low ceiling griffin we just could not contain ourselves we couldn't okay good i was gonna say i was so worried that you weren't gonna just lean right into that mic and speak but i like to get is this close enough is this close enough you actually sound terrific, so I'm oh, glad thank you. that you're doing that. Right. Griffin, I haven't bumped my pop filter in forever. <laughs> I wouldn't say forever. Years, um, if not weeks. It could be like maybe two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> um, Griffin, just give me one second while I sneeze and leave this in. This oh, is... it's going away. Oh, oh, that's... It? Oh, come on. Bring it home. <laughs> there we go. That's a master of oh. work. Absolutely. Almost lost um, it. Steered it back on course. <laughs> I love a sneeze. It's um, the best feeling. I love sneezing. You know, I've read that a sneeze is actually one-tenth. Um, no, no. Finish it. <laughs> like Bring that. it home. Land this puppy. <laughs> oh, too soon. Um, 
Griffin, you know we love our drafts around here. That we do. And another place that loves drafts and will be conducting one, I found out recently that this will be conducted on the day of... Yeah, they're doing it like on the court moments before the game. It's going to be awesome. Which I like. Uh, the NBA All-Star Game, Griffin, coming up this Sunday, uh, certainly since instituting the draft system and the Elam ending, has been a very entertaining uh, affair the last couple of years, I think it's fair to say. Um, so certainly, I think I think at this point we can say probably the best All-Star Game in sports. Oh, um, without question. Although I did enjoy the MLB All-Star Game last year. Yeah. Um... Well, Santiago so, Espinal was in it, so how could you not? <laughs> so that was crazy. Um, that's that's going to be a fun piece of trivia down the line for someone. Who um, is the least significant all-star in Major League Baseball <laughs> it was history? the lowest war for any <laughs> all-star. Um, but Griffin, we decided, since we love drafts, since there's going to be a draft taking place on Sunday, we will do a draft of our own. There's no gimmick here. We're just going to draft the all-star teams in more or less the same ways that the players do. So this is there are a couple of things we need to hash out first. The first is, are we sticking with the captains? It is Team Giannis versus Team LeBron. Yeah, are I think one of to... us will be Giannis and one of us will be LeBron. Okay. And in a gesture of goodwill, this is one of my classic gestures of goodwill that also benefits me. I'm just right now going to offer you LeBron, because I know you love LeBron James. If you want him, you can have him, and I will happily take Giannis, or we can flip a coin. You know, I don't think I will ever in my life be in the position to turn down the chance to be LeBron James for 20 minutes, so I will take LeBron, and I will let you be the Greek freak. Hashtag stay freaky. Did you see that Giannis trademarked all those freak phrases? Oh, I love that. Um... And are we going to stick with starters and reserves is the other thing. I guess so. I guess we'll draft the starters first and then draft the reserves. And then the last pick. This is a hyper-realistic experience that you're all listening (laughs) to. This is basically a mock draft. Absolutely. Um, Call up (laughs) Tankathon. So we will flip a coin to see who goes first. And as with the All-Star Game draft, the last pick of the starters will also have the first pick of the reserves. Sounds good. Uh, and then the one other question, and also we should mention, there are a few injured players who will not be in the All-Star Game, so they are off of our ballots. Kevin Durant, Stephen Curry, Zion Williamson, I'll all take will not all. be in the All-Star Game, so we will not be uh, drafting them. <sighs> the last thing, Griffin... Is this an all-star game? Are we drafting for an all-star game? Or are we imagining that we are playing a real competitive game with like a proper coaching system put in place with Joe Mazzula and Mike Malone? I think this is uh, an all-star game. I think we're drafting for an all-star game. We're trying to put on a show, but are trying to win as well. Okay. So, yeah, like, because like we said, it has been competitive the last couple of years. But definitely, I think you're drafting for different things. Uh, so if you're ready, Griffin, I will flip the coin to see who goes first. I'm ready. I will do I've, so. I've had a good record with the coins you, lately. I believe you're two and zero in the last two. So let's see if you can continue. I'm flipping the coin, and I would like you to call it now. Tails. It is heads. Oh, Google has betrayed me. Your first loss in a while. Yeah. So I now have the feeling. first pick, and I'm put in a difficult situation here. I guess I really should have looked up uh, the 2022 NBA All-Star Game oh, and gonna, seen going to see who performs well. Yeah, I'm now I'm curious. Um, there are obviously some terrific players on this roster. Obviously, it's not an easy decision to make. And I think I'm going to go with a player who can... So it is an all-star game, so defense is less of a priority. True, true. Another element is that I think shooting is also uh, an element that can be quite significant, even more so than in the normal NBA, that players, especially early in the game, are going to be jacking a lot of threes. Yeah. And I think I'm going to go with a player who had a great performance in last year's all-star game, 36 points. 
Uh, and five of eight from three is the most interesting thing. I think this is a player also who will benefit from having a lot of unguarded threes as well. So I'm going to think I'm going to both shore up my defense, take a guy who we know can shoot the lights out in the All-Star game. I'm going to select Joel Embiid. That's a great first pick, Chris. Obviously, it's tough to really go wrong here. Um, but, yeah, I like it. He's got, like, the showman factor that I think is very important for an All-Star game. Uh, great choice. Now, do I have one pick here or two picks? I believe you have one pick. Oh, that's convenient. <laughs> I will double-check that information for you. But... No, no, it's fine. That's fine. Um, I am going to take... Why would you have two picks? Well, maybe it's a sneak draft. <laughs> I guess so. Uh, I'm going to take... A, another fan favorite. Uh, I like your theory about the shooting. I want someone who can do it all, put on a show, all that. I'm going to take Luka Doncic with my first pick. I think that's a great choice, Griffin. I don't see how you can go wrong. Now is an interesting situation for me. I have my big man situation pretty much short up. I don't want to lean too heavily into big men and non-shooting. Um, obviously, there are a lot of dynamic guards on this list. Jason Tatum is also here. He's a very, obviously, a, a player who can really heat up from a scoring perspective, but I feel like I think of his game as more well-rounded. I mean, just to stick with my... Actually, no. I'm going to be tactical here, because I think that I can make a move that will provide value for me going forward. I'm going to keep it simple. I'm going to select Jason Tatum and just not, you know, plug plug and play. He fits with any roster. He fits with any lineup. Obviously uh, an excellent, well-rounded player. He's put himself in the MVP conversation this year. Argue, well, no, there's, he's not the best player available, but there is, uh, he might be the second best player available. And I'm happy with the choice. Yeah, I think he's a great pick for an all-star game, Chris. He, we know he's got that weird fascination with Kobe Bryant. Um, and what was Kobe built for if not an all-star game? So I think that that can really just unleash like his fadeaway mid-range style with like no pressure. And I think he can knock those down and have fun doing it. Um, I'm going to take a guy who's not the flashiest player, but he is, of course, the best player in the NBA. Uh, I'm going to take Nikola Jokic and not think too hard about it. I think that's the right choice, Griffin. I obviously would... Uh, it's funny because... Seven-foot Steve know, Nash. C and G are sort of putting on our document here. It kind of looks like center and guard. Um, Jokic is a guard trapped in the <laughs> center's body. Um, Absolutely. Uh, now we've got four starters left. We do, and I. There are a couple of ways I can play this. Still, I think I'm going to make a strategic move. Uh, you could trade down if you'd like. <laughs> um, I'm going to make a strategic move here because I think this will end up working perfectly. I'm going to pick a very dynamic guard, uh, a guard who did not get a lot of play in last year's All Star game because he. Uh, I believe it was his first All-Star game. Um, obviously, one of the best scorers in the league, one of the best initiators in the league. Uh, we have compared him to Derrick Rose on this podcast, and having that slasher who can slice into the paint, obviously very valuable to open up some uh, shooting opportunities and things of that nature. I'm going to go, Griffin, you've already put it on the document here, with John Morant. I put it on the document as soon as you said the word dynamic, God, just like a, a literal human highlight reel. As someone who works on Plays of the Month every month, we literally, like the two people we have a different grading scale for are Connor McDavid and John Morant because we know that we can't just have like five of them in right. the show each month. He, uh, in Plays of the Year 2022, he had more appearances than any other player in any ah, other sport. That's a great piece of trivia. Yeah, I think he had six, six of the 100 Plays of the Year for John Morant. Um, that's incredible and all of them were earned i think he's the perfect choice for an all-star game uh i've you sorry have a better choice i Let's do have a better it. choice 
in that better choice, I've got LeBron James and Luka Doncic and Nikola Jokic. I've got three of the best passers in the league. Uh, I'm going to need someone who can stretch the floor out a little bit and someone who can benefit from being found. So I'm going to go with a guard who has taken another step this year and really just established himself as a elite scorer. Of course, we saw it when he got up past 70 points in a game this year. I'm taking Donovan Mitchell of the Cleveland Cavaliers. I, I think I've said on the podcast, I love this Cavs team. I think they're so much fun to watch and so great, and Donovan Mitchell's been the perfect piece for them. Uh, I'm very happy to have him on board. I think that that is a great choice, Griffin. I think that that is exactly the choice I expected you to take. And so this is working out perfectly for me because I knew, I knew that there was no chance in <laughs> HE Double Hockey Sticks that you were going to take Kyrie Irving and put him on your all-star roster. I just, I think chemistry is important and Kyrie, you, you can't trust, this is 48 whole minutes where Kyrie could demand a trade or say something <laughs> crazy. Like there's a chance that Kyrie could bring an all-star team down. And I, I don't think you can trust him for 48... I mean, the game itself is like two and a half hours. You're going to trust Kyrie to be normal for two and a half hours? <laughs> um, so this is playing out exactly as I hoped. I considered taking him in the second round, Griffin, because... And I'll tell you why. Obviously... You uh, love Kyrie Irving. I love Kyrie Irving, but I don't like his game. I like... <laughs> <laughs> I'm only a fan. I don't think he's a very good player. I just love his mind. Right, exactly. And Griffin, if you think of last year's All-Star game, there's only one person that comes to mind, right? You're assuming that I remember anything about last year's... I forget an All-Star game three minutes after it happens. Okay, well, when I think of the 2022 NBA All-Star game, I think of Steph Curry hitting 16 three-pointers. Oh he got goodness. insanely hot. He, I don't know if... I guess you don't remember this, but... Well, I mean, he, part of it is that... Every year, the All-Star Game is on Family Day weekend here in Ontario, which is, mm-hmm. I usually take that long weekend to go visit my girlfriend's family uh, in the right. Ottawa Valley. My girlfriend's family are not basketball fans, so I very rarely actually get to watch the All-Star Game. I have to watch right. it on delay. Totally fair. Um, well, let me tell you, last year, Stephen Curry put on an absolute show. What? Was bombing Logo 3s, you know, doing very Steph Curry things. No Steph Curry this year. No. I was thinking to myself, who could have that type of performance? And I think the answer, 100%, is Kyrie Irving. He he definitely could. He's one of the league's best ball handlers. He's one of the league's best shooters, best shooting off the dribble players. Um, if I'm taking a guy to hit 15 three-pointers out of these players, I think Kyrie Irving is absolutely the choice. I'm more than happy to have him uh, in this slot here, especially with this pick value, I think is terrific. Yes, and I could also see Jason Tatum having that type of game, mm-hmm. and I could also see Luka Doncic having that type of game, just to throw them Absolutely. at. Absolutely. So my last starter is the most improved player of the year, Locke. A uh, guy who's having a great season in Utah. Very happy to be joining Laurie Markinen to my team. I've got a very European team. i got Doncic, mm. Jokic, and Markinen. That is, of course, augmented no by honest, the though. American duo of Giannis or, or of LeBron James and Donovan Mitchell. LeBronis. LeBron. Um, absolutely, Griffin. And since that you have been slotted in with this Larry Markinen selection, you will also have your pick of the reserves. Yes, and just before we go, Chris, your starting lineup is Giannis Antetokounmpo, oh, Kyrie Irving, Jason Tatum, Joel Embiid, and John Morant. All right, first pick of the reserves is tough. There's a lot of great players here. They're all stars. Thank you. Um, You're welcome. (laughs) But I am going to go with a guy who, even at the age of 32 and on not a great team, is having one of the best years of his career. Certainly a 16 three-point game candidate. I'm taking Damian Lillard of the Portland Trailblazers. Definitely a guy who is enhanced by this being... An all star game. Yeah, I think he's like a, a super game. all star game player. There's some. The thing is, like, a lot of these play. Like, I think a lot of people who are high on my list here are terrific regular but, game players. Yeah, like who real might players. Not necessarily translate perfectly 
into a regular game. And so I'm going to pick away from one of those players and towards a player having a terrific season. Um, certainly will get me some points in the publicity factor around here. Uh, putting up huge scoring numbers. Certainly he, not a three-point shooter, which is a, a downside for me, certainly. Uh, but another in the vein of a John Morant. When he goes to the bench, we need another ultra-dynamic playmaker. Ultra-speedy. Uh, Ultra-able-to... This is why we in. always go over time. Because <laughs> we talk about... We? <laughs> How dare you? I picture you go, Alexander. He's going to cut you up. <laughs> that was a great pick, Chris. That's the other person who I was certainly considering with that first reserve. We got We do have to speed it up a bit, as much as I okay. joke. And you know I love your analysis. So you know I never want you to stop talking. Um, I'm going to take with my next pick. Oh, a lot of good options. I can't let you have both of the Boston Celtics, so I'll take Jalen Brown. Mm, get a chemistry connection there. Uh, a great pick. I am going to heck. I'm going to pick a very diamond Daniel player, great two-way player. Although you know, obviously that doesn't mean everything in an All-Star game, and underratedly can heat up from three in a specific game. I'm going to corner the market in Canada and pick Pascal Siakam, not Paul George, as you anticipated, Griffin. I did. I, well, when you said two-way player, I thought that was the one. Um, I'm going to... I love the pick, of course. love Pascal. <laughs> Ridiculous that he was an injury replacement. Like, Absolutely. if you look at, like, the people averaging whatever it was, 26-5-5. and five, He was the first player ever to average those to not be named an all-star. Um... I'm going to capitalize on your not taking of Paul George, and I'm going to scoop up Paul George, leaving you with just John and Ringo. Um, <laughs> that's my dad's observation. Shout out to him. Uh, that's a good one. And yeah, I think another just like like mid-range... I, I like mid-range scorers in the All-Star game, and Paul George can knock down shots from anywhere. Yeah, we should call your team Team Mid. That's a good idea, Griffin. <laughs> um... <laughs> I'm going to go in a different... Actually, no. I'm going to go in... The exact more... same route. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I thought I was going to go a little off the board, but I think this is the right pick here. Uh, another breakout player, uh, a player who is has one of the underrated great uh, all-star talents, which is unselfishness and willingness to pass up shots for others. I'm going to pick one of the best playmakers in the league, Tyrese Halliburton. A great pick there, Chris. Certainly deserving of All-Star. The league leader in assists, I believe, as long as, or unless James Harden has become eligible by playing enough games. Um, I'm going to go with the man that Tyrese Halliburton was traded for, having a great season all the way out in Sacramento. Who doesn't love a good Sacramento Kings story? Ignore that rant I had last year where, like, <laughs> you're not supposed to know that they exist. I'm taking DeMontis Sabonis. Wow, that's not the direction I was expecting to go. He's been Even great. When you said you were selecting a Sacramento King, but he absolutely has been great. Um, quick point on the assist leaderboards, Griffin. Thank James you. Harden, 10.8. Trey Young, 10.2 assists per game. And then tied at 10.1, Tyrese Halliburton and Nikola Jokic. Nikola Jokic currently averaging a triple-double. Yeah, he's probably going to win the MVP again. And if not, it's only because of voter fatigue. You don't hear a lot of people talking about Nikola Jokic averaging a triple-double, and yet... No, like when Russell Westbrook did it, like players. every single game, we got an update. Yeah, it was like the LeBron James box uh, number in the corner type beat. Exactly, uh, literally, on yeah. That bracket. Well, Griffin, with my selection, I am going to go... I'm a little guard-heavy right now, but I am going to pick another guard... Um, underratedly, if you talk to any fan of this team, one of the best defensive guards in the NBA. Mm -hmm. uh, certainly a dynamic scorer, certainly a showman. And I don't know if this is true, but just on vibes, I feel like he could be a guy who just starts bombing threes in like a Kobe way, where it's like he's not the best three-point shooter, but he could just randomly have 12 threes in a game. Yeah. I'm going with another young buck, Anthony Edwards. I like it, Chris. Uh, what was his name? Kermit something in the in the hustle movie. <laughs> Absolutely. 
Um, Kermit's... Kibble. Kermit, Kermit LaFrog. <laughs> Kermit, I that would be Kermit a subtle William, Easter egg. <laughs> his name was LaFrog. Kermit LaFrog. Um, Kermit right. Wilts. Kermit Wilts. I am going to... You know, Chris, you don't have a lot of bigs. I've got a fair amount of bigs between Jokic and Markinen and Sabonis. And you could call Paul George a big. You could call Jalen Brown. They're big wings. Um, so I'm going to go with a guard here, and I'm going to take the king of the mid-range, the heir apparent to Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant. I'm taking hometown hero DeMar DeRozan. Wow. I thought you were going to say Drew Holiday. Uh, he's my only king of the mid-range that I recognize. <laughs> um, much like you, Griffin, you were short on guards. I'm short on bigs. I, and also, you know, I've taken quite a few pure scorers here. I was talking about unselfishness earlier. Going to take a player who is unselfish, who is low low economy, as we like to say, uh, in the gaming world. A player who won't use up a lot of your resources in terms of demanding the ball. Right. And is going to give you a bunch of punch on, on defense as well. Griffin, I'm picking Bam Adebayo. Obviously one of the best defensive players in the league. Great athleticism. Love the pick. Uh, I'm going to take an Eastern Conference undersized big as well uh and i'm gonna take julius randall the candle himself uh see now we're getting down to it griffin yeah uh we're in the last three selections here and i think i'm just gonna stick with the trend and go defense here because you know i'm deploying my bench they're gonna play limited minutes especially in an all-star game i'm gonna go for a defensive stopper one of the great uh, guard stoppers in the league. Oh. Uh, no, no, no. You you love to try and anticipate my picks. <laughs> you have not been doing well. Um, one of the best guard stoppers in the league. I need a veteran presence. I've been picking a lot of young Do players. You? <laughs> I'm going to go with NBA champion, 2021 NBA champion, Drew Holiday. I would have put a lot of money on Drew Holiday being the last player selected in this draft. So I'm more than well, happy to give him to you there. Um, I, yes, Chris, I think you have anticipated me. This is a chess match. I'm going to take the last guard on the board, a dynamic one, a speedster. I'll have the Sacramento Kings connection. I'm taking De'Aaron Fox. It's a great pick, Griffin. If not for the way that my roster had already shaken out, I certainly would have considered him uh, with one of my picks. And that leaves me with the last pick, um... A polarizing player, certainly. I'm not totally sure how I feel about him, but definitely happy to have him on my team, especially in a one-game All-Star game. Jaron Jackson Jr. is going to fall to me. Uh, if you just throw out, like, Holiday, Anthony Edwards, Giannis, Jaron Jackson Jr., and Bam Adebayo, like, I don't think I'm scoring a lot of points on that team. Exactly. So even though it is an All-Star game, I'm going to lean on my defense a little bit, especially crunch time. Uh, but Griffin, let's quickly run down our rosters. I've arranged my starting lineup here. Uh, so at the guards, I have John Morant and Kyrie Irving. My forwards are Jason Tatum and Giannis Antetokounmpo. My center is Joel Embiid. Uh, yes, and my then... my starting guards are Luka Doncic and Donovan Mitchell. My starting forwards are LeBron James and Lowry Markkinen. And my starting center is Nikola Jokic great team uh my bench guards are tyrese halliburton drew holiday shea gilgis alexander and anthony edwards and then my forwards or my bigs are bam Adebayo, pascal siakam and jaron jackson jr uh, my bench consists of guards demar derozan damian lillard and De'Aaron fox and my wing slash bigs <laughs> Wings slash bigs, welcome to the NBA in 2023, Chris, uh, are DeMar DeRozan, Paul George, Julius Randle, and DeMontis Sabonis. Griffin. It's been a blast. It's been a blast. I do that made me a lot more excited about the All-Star game. I think it, like, mm -hmm. that's a, I know that once we got to the end of the reserves, it was sort of like, eh, but those starting lineups are going to be a lot of fun, even without Durant and Curry. Yeah, no Durant, no Curry, no Zion, no no Kevin problem. Walker, like some of no I AD. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's fun given... to see some fresh faces. Sorry, yeah, I exactly. keep cutting you off. <laughs> no, just I agree with what you're saying that 
to fresh faces, like, you know, it's cool to see guys like Anthony Edwards and Shea get in there. Obviously, John Morant and Luca are two of the major up-and-comers in the league. So I think that, uh, I think the future's in good hands here. And I think this episode is in good hands with us having recorded it. And so it is time <laughs> to end the To say goodbye. And HFLC podcast on Twitter, on Instagram, and TikTok. Uh, the OUA basketball show, Griffin. Playoffs are coming are up. up to this week? Playoffs are coming. Not uh, this week. This is the last weekend of the regular season, and then... We've got some huge guests for last week. I don't want to say it's anyone who's been setting scoring records in the OUA next week, but she just might be coming by. If you know, you know. Till teaser. Uh, So look forward to that. Some Feb fatness coming up. Uh, GriffinPorter97 on Twitter. Jan on Twitter. We will be back next week. I feel like I'm leading to an announcement, but one does not exist. We'll be back next say, week. That's the announcement. <laughs> Absolutely. So until next time, please keep your floors high and your ceilings low. <laughs>